As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. As an agriculture business, what solutions do you offer to your clients and stakeholders? This episode is dedicated to answering that question. So listen in and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you listen to episode 11, Julie Kochepatov, founder of SAGE, which stands for Seafood and Gender Equality, talked about her knowledge and experience to position environmental sustainability and social responsibility at the forefront of organizational strategy. Welcome to Episode 12, Season 3 of the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This episode, I'm delighted to interview Finula Quinn, and she's the CEO of www.kelpie.com.au. Welcome to the show, Finula. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Today, I would like to just pay my respects to the traditional owners of the lands on which I'm coming from, the Dawal and Durga-speaking people. And I pay homage to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome again to the show. I also acknowledge that my place of work is within the unceded traditional territory of the Comox First Nation. So, Finula's company, Kelpie, is a startup company in New South Wales, Australia, working with leaders in the Australian seaweed and aquaculture space to create a reliable and ethical bioplastic replacement for modern-day plastics. She's on a mission for biodegradable packaging, referencing our oceans, carbon sequestering, and end plastic pollution. Kelpie had been selected to take part in the world's biggest green tech and green business ideas competition, Climate Launchpad. Team Kelpie is working with leaders in the blue economy and seaweed space to create a bioplastic replacement for single-use plastics. Regenerative ocean farming of kelp and bioproducts are ones of the carbon-negative solution to combating climate change. Welcome again to the show, Finula. It's wonderful to be here. So let's get this show started. How did you get into the industry? I think like many people, I was actually born into aquaculture. I grew up in a rock lobster fishing family. We later moved into thin fish ocean farming. It was the first one set up in Australia over on the West Coast, so I worked alongside my father as a team. But I've really come the long way around back to seaweed. I spent many years in the corporate world and working with government and policy and planning. And then when COVID hit, we suddenly found ourselves down the coast here and it was right on the back of the summer 
2020 bushfires, which really devastated this region. And I was inspired by the 2040 film, which really placed an emphasis on the power of kelp to heal the planet and all these amazing sort of emerging uses we can look at. So that's what I found at Kelpie. I was incredibly inspired by the female pioneers in the region. We have some wonderful female seaweed scientists that have been doing amazing things and really been working in this space for decades. So I'm in good hands in terms of my mentors in the region as well. I love interviewing female-led startups and also at the same time been very much aware in terms of what's going on in the industry. And I love the word and term that you mentioned, born into aquaculture. (laughs) 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 On the bed of seaweed. (laughs) Yes, on the bed of seaweed. There you go. What's one thing you can share with business aquaculturists that can make a big difference in their organization? I know when I did your introduction, it's very, very specific of what you help solve. Yes. Look, and I went on a really long learning journey during our COVID lockdowns. In Australia, we locked down more than anywhere else in the world. So I really used that time to collaborate and learn from seaweed leaders, not just in Australia, but overseas. And what I quickly learned was, There's a lot of players doing exactly the same thing, but not necessarily looking around and sharing what they're learning with each other. So I've played quite a large role in connecting people around the globe, and it's led me to understand some of the gaps in the value chain where I really think I can add value and help the industry grow. So I've partnered with three Norwegian companies that are focused on software and hardware solutions. And really skill-building and e-learning platforms that will help our fledgling industry here in Australia effectively start farms in the right locations and maximise our knowledge and understanding of that ocean environment so we're not wasting years and and millions of dollars and, and farming the wrong way. But conversely, I've also connected with wonderful First Nations people around the world and there's just a parallel story everywhere where there's this huge opportunity to really empower uh, community-led farms and tap into that ancient knowledge where you have cultures that have been farming seaweed for thousands and thousands of years, such as in Japan, but also here in Australia, we have the oldest living culture on earth. They're 65,000 years old, as far as we know, we've proven they're that old on earth and have been using seaweeds for remedies and solutions that we're only really newly discovering in the science world. So I think collaboration is really key and this learning journey will be really key. And just doing business a little differently in terms of not really focusing on IP as everything, but knowing that this is a human effort and we can really achieve this together to combat climate change, but also empower females and First Nations people around the world to tip those gender equality scales and social inequality scales in the right direction. That seems to be a really major theme from season two when people talk about sustainable partnerships and collaboration, because I think no man's an island now with how fast-paced businesses and growth has technology changed the way that we've been doing business. So if you don't have a collaborator, I think it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And there's a there's a voracious need to sort of grow the industry as fast as possible, but we really risk not learning from mistakes. And I spoke to someone recently that said, as a scientist, you make 
so many discoveries and it doesn't mean if you don't succeed in what you're trying to understand, often you need to learn from that failure. What do we learn and share that as well so we can all progress further <laughs> together? But yeah, there's, there's some amazing, inspiring people doing incredible things. And one of the projects I've become involved with in the last 12 months is a feature film with my co-producers in New Zealand. And we have been developing this film on the premise that we see enormous potential for planet ocean saving capability of seaweed and all these amazing biomedical and food and, and bioplastic solutions. But there's just this common thread that it has a huge opportunity to empower communities and particularly ones that are most affected by climate change and did the least to sort of cause this damage that we're seeing now. So. I'm really excited by the stories we're uncovering around the world and that's going to be a really important project in championing the seaweed industry into the future as well. There's a big communication element that needs to happen to make sure the broader public understands that harvesting and growing seaweed, similar to every other form of agriculture, is actually the most sustainable way forward and will provide the most benefit to the planet. So, yeah, there's some... The misinformation, as, as always, in the community about what value farmed agriculture brings, but honestly, we're looking at biodiversity loss and kelp loss, and I really think regenerative ocean farming is the way forward. And we're just seeing amazing stories like the seaweed mamas in Tanzania, who my producer, Jasmine Duffy, has been interviewing, and there's 23,000 women who are cultivating seaweed. And traditionally, their income in the, in the community was the men would go and fish, but when the overfishing sort of impacted that whole industry, the women cultivated seaweed and really started bringing the income home and really saving them from complete destitution. But the social impact was immediate. They spend it on their children and their housing. There's really such benefit to the community when you see women in the industry and leading it more collaboratively and more community-driven outcomes. So that'll be a big feature of the film and we're looking to encourage more impact investment and have impact partners come out of that film as well. Brilliant, just brilliant. So the name of the film that you're producing is Super Seaweed, but you mentioned a name of the film at the beginning of our show as well. What's the name of the film that you mentioned has a big influence? Oh, yes, so that's an Australian film. It actually came out in 2019. It's called 2040, the film, and... Attached to that is a regeneration movement. So they've been really successful in sort of looking at solutions to saving the planet and then actually moving forward with actions and collaborations. But kelp played a big role in that film and I watched it with my children. It was a primary school fundraiser we all went to in the community and I saw the film and I really never looked back from there. I was just hooked on kelp from that point on. <laughs> so, oh, it's fun to be able to talk about it today without being... <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, well, our family is a big movie nut, so that will be in our movie watch list. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, no, it's a good one. And with all these years of experience that you have, share what's your biggest insight. Just being bold enough to be vulnerable and ask. Just ask everyone. The people I've approached and learned from are so diverse and 
I think we're all human and we're, we're looking for that solution to save humanity. So we need to be bold in our relationships and our interactions. And I've been accused of oversharing and probably, you know, it's not a traditional way of doing business to share and collaborate as much as I do, but I'm definitely driven by the outcomes more so than any financial success I can achieve through my startup. In saying that, I will be driving the, the bioplasty outcome. It's a wonderful vehicle to move the industry forward and actually commercialise such a wonderful regenerative resource. So any way that can move that forward, I'll be pursuing <laughs> relentlessly. Well, I'm so glad that you're in this industry and I love what you mentioned about being bold enough to be vulnerable and the oversharing, I think with the outset of what's going on with technology, there's just no way that can be prevented. Even with just the internet explosion, it's almost like nothing is going to be secret anyway. So sharing information for free, I think, is a great value for people to be able to know what you stand for. So bold enough to be vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I should mention... So Kelpie is K-E-L-P-Y. So it's my play on words. And if you're not from Australia, you probably don't understand why I selected that name. Kelp obviously is the obvious component, but Kelpie is a, a very famous and iconic working dog that we have in Australia that all farmers use because they are really high in intellect and loyalty and they actually have a, a wicked sense of humour. So I thought... That's a wonderful combination, and I'll, but I did it Kelpie with a Y just to differentiate. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm glad that you share that. It's a great story on how you did the play on words to having a catchy name. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it makes sense in Australia, but I'll have to explain it internationally a bit more. So this is a breed of dog? Yeah, it's a breed of dog. They're very common. I go down the dog beach here when I collect my seaweed, and they're everywhere, and they're just very playful, but Highly, highly intelligent animals. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm going to look at that later. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Well, I would love to be able to watch your film. So tell them when is Super Seaweed going to be out? Is there an estimated date of showing yet? We're in development at the moment and we'll be filming around the world. Obviously, it's quite difficult with COVID, but we're, we're getting around that as best we can. Probably early 2024 we'll be looking at release. And so the filmmaking duo Jasmine Duffy and Anton Leach, they're actually from New Zealand and they're award-winning filmmakers. Their production is called Ford Hat Films. So I'm thrilled to be working with them across the sea and it sort of embodies that international partnership as well just within the film. (laughs) So, yeah wonderful storytellers and she's much better at explaining the film and the journey than I am but I hope I did it justice. (laughs) Oh I'm sure it's gonna be a blockbuster. (laughs) (laughs) My biggest takeaway from our conversation today was when you were talking about community-led farms. I think that is very important that when everything is driven by community, then there's an organic way that collaboration happens. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks again, Finula, for your time. How they can get in touch with you? So kelpy.com.au is the website. I'm on LinkedIn, but I'll have to spell my name so people can find me. It's F-I-O-N-N-U-A-L-A and Quinn with one N. So a nice traditional Gaelic Irish name for my mother there. 
Thank you again so much, Finula. To our subscribers, we appreciate your time listening to the show. See you next week and thanks, everyone. Thanks again, Finula. Thank you, Taylor. It's nice to talk to you. Thank you for listening and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.